Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, back. And let's go right to the phones. And joining us, as he does every week at this time, is Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing good, and uh, the pent-up demand to be on the ice is echoing throughout the front range of Colorado. You know, Terry, it really is. Uh, yeah, I, I think we've been trying to, to, you know, talk about it and preach awareness. Uh, but honestly, the, the cat's out of the bag. I don't think you can hide it. I don't deny the fact that that ice is here. Um, and, and obviously, I don't think we we intentionally try not to to hype too much because safety is such a concern on this early ice as conditions change. But I would say up and down the, the front range and mountains, people are finding ice. Uh, they're on ice. They're catching fish. Uh, so as we go forth, we're going to do our best to, to give reports and, and, again, just really preach use caution. Oh, and that's the number one thing, especially this time of the year. Um, I, I can tell you, I was out checking a few ponds yesterday just right here in the front range and obviously there was open water you could have fished with a rod and reel but there was skim ice on them so they're very close and when those go you got to be extremely careful but even at some of the elevations and some of the shallower lakes you may check and there may be three to five inches in one place but you walk 20 feet and there may be an inch and a half because of a spring or a flow or a late freeze or snow cover so just be extremely careful but what are you hearing out there my friend you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, before we even discuss the, the true conditions, I think one of the biggest things that's kind of tricky this time of year is that so many lakes have ice on a portion of the body of water and not complete. And that's where things really get funky because once you get 100% ice pack um, and the lake's 100% covered, even though wind is probably the biggest deterrent and really the, the factor of deteriorating ice, um, if you have 100% cap, at least you don't have water flowing you know, getting pushed into ice and creating currents under the ice cap uh, and things like that, as opposed to right now, so many of our bodies of water have ice on a quarter or half or three quarters, and there's still open water. Those are the situations that bring on, you know, even faster changing conditions because all of a sudden you get a heavy wind, you have that wind blowing up, so it's shattering the ice, it creates waves, which, uh, you know, again, will crack the ice. You get current flow underneath the ice from that wind. Um, So that's probably the biggest thing that makes it crazy. But right now, I mean, in uh, Terriol Reservoir, uh, you know, it's one of those places that, you know, it's a cold valley, always holds ice, you know, gets it early, holds it late. Um, and that lake does have ice fishermen on it right now. Uh, there is open water there, so it's not 100% capped. There is a little bit of open water there, uh, but there are anglers on it. There's quite a few anglers on it this morning as we speak. Um, Antero Reservoir, uh, same thing. You know, there's a ton of open water out of Antero, but the, the ice that is there, anglers are on it. Um, I, I don't have a, a close enough report. I'm actually driving home from a whitetail hunt in Wisconsin right now. Uh, but I don't have the true measurement of ice there. But, but they are on ice at Antero. But, again, there's a lot of open water there. So by the time the report comes in in a matter of a day, by the time you would go tomorrow, uh, I would still use caution. I wouldn't necessarily go on reports from what happened yesterday just because things change fast. Uh, but, you know, Georgetown has ice and majority of the traditional, you know, 
early ice spots uh, are frozen doing well. Snake River, uh, for that kokanee bite, that's you know probably one of the most popular bites in the state. Uh, same thing. That water is fairly low or dramatically low, I could say. Um, so that bay is smaller than normal, and obviously there's always open water right at the face of the bay. Um, so it's a fairly narrow spot to fish, uh, but it does have ice, and, and anglers are hitting it fairly hard. So, again, uh, just, just use caution. You know, you mentioned water low. I've, as I've been checking, I went up and checked North Michigan. I've been doing some checking on keeping track of places myself. And last year we ended the year with a lot of water. We had a heavy snowpack two years ago, and we ended the season with a lot of water in the reservoirs. Fortunately, because we had a very dry year this year, the water in a lot of places, you know, we always get fluctuations. It's not uncommon to be low, but it seems to me that a lot of places are significantly lower going into this ice fishing season. Are you seeing that? I, I am, Terry. A lot of the mountain stuff here, it depends obviously on your waterless source. Uh, you know, like Antero, they don't fluctuate that fisher very much. So that fishery is very normal. Uh, but a lot of the other fisheries are are very low um, that you're going to see. So so some of those situations you're going into um, are going to present a, a lot of different opportunities. Um, you know, and like some of the places that I'm fishing this year that I'm anticipating, especially on the lake trout side, where I normally would be fishing shallow points extending out into the water, those points are now getting eliminated. So now these big lake trout are actually going to be using it as a wall, much like a wall I would push bait fish into a wall. Um, so it's drastically changed my entire program for catching these fish. So instead of, you know, working big baits on the bottom and, and on these points and fishing structure, now I'm using all swimming baits. So I'm 100% suspended fishing for these fish. So it does change that. So it's one of those things that I would definitely consider uh, this. So many of us as anglers just go into patterns. You know, we hit the same spot. You're like, hey, last year this was good. Two years ago this was good. Um, and we, a lot of times we, we overlook the, the changes that occur just naturally, uh, low water being one of those things. So, yes, in a situation of that lower water, things are going to change. You might have better opportunity. You might have the loss of some structure. Uh, but think about what it's going to do to the food source. Think about how those fish are going to feed uh, and kind of come up with a, with a good angling program for that. And a lot of times you can create new opportunities uh, that'll, that'll teach you about the fishery, teach you about the fish, and sometimes increase your catch rate even uh, at the end of the day. So definitely think about that. But I do think low water is going to be a, a common threat across the hills, um, especially in those, those you know, lake trout, the, the bigger fisheries out there. Now, I want to ask you about a lake you mentioned earlier, because I spend almost no time on it, and that's my fault. I should, and that's Terry All. I hear over and over what a great place it is, especially for weekend anglers, because it's the prolific trout bite, and, of course, there's some pike. Um, when you approach Terry All, I mean, is that a place that maybe you'd send somebody who hasn't done a lot of ice fishing? Can they be successful there without too much experience? Absolutely, Terry. You know, I think the the cool thing about Terriol, it has a lot of great perks. One, it, it does have very good stable ice. Now, again, it's not 100% capped right now, but for the most part, I mean, it's it got good ice on it. Um, the nice thing is, in another week or two, once that fishery is 100% capped, it holds really good ice. It's not saying that there's not springs and not saying that there's ever, you know, saying it's a 100% it's locked up. But compared to other fisheries in the area or other portions of the state, it is a very stable ice place. I don't see as many springs. I don't see a lot of current flow. So it's great because it provides you know, somewhat of a, a more conditioned area for ice, so you feel more comfortable on that ice. It does have access almost all the way around it. Some of the, 
kind of northwest portions on the opposite side of the lake. Some of those roads get drifted shut with snow. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, as long as the, the snow conditions are handled, you can drive around most of it. So access is fantastic. Uh, it's also a state wildlife area provided by Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So it's free to anglers. Uh, so there's no entry fees to it. There's restrooms. So it's very user friendly. And as far as the trout go, uh, you know, I, not saying you're not going to catch a big trout, but it, it's very much, uh, you know, a smaller trout fishery, but there are lots of those fish. Um, there's a lot of weed lines and structure uh, kind of going around the fishery. So whether you're fishing some rock points or fishing underwater weed beds, uh, that's really just, just find some sort of contour change and you're going to find those trout. I put a major focus on about eight to 12 feet of water. Now the one kicker about cherry, I will say, um, they are very much either into movement or not into movement, and there is no thing. Um, as for so many fisheries that we target, you know, you kind of have a variance of presentations, and, you know, throughout the course of a morning of ice fishing, you'll figure out what they want. A lot of times they'll, they'll cater to both sides. Carry all, they either want the jig moving or they do not. And once they make their mind of what that is that particular day, there's no going back and forth. It's not like you're actively working one rod and have a still rod next to you. If they want it still, everything has to be still. If they want it moving, everything has to be moving. And that's that's probably the only thing that I would suggest uh, to anglers going up there. Now, it is a very clear water lake, but it does also hold snow fairly well. It doesn't blow off. Um, I think going into that fishery, a lot of times I like to use kind of a natural color, but a bright version of that natural color so i love like a burnt orange so it's kind of an orange natural you know, almost like a scud color but on a little bit brighter phase uh those fish really get into that so almost like like a salmon type color burnt orange uh those type colors are very productive up there i tip everything you with a wax worm small piece of shrimp mealworm uh and you're going to catch some fish i will say that there are enough fish in that fishery to where if you set up and fish 15, 20 minutes, and you don't catch fish, don't get a bite, don't see fish on your electronics, I would move. It's not a fishery where you should have to wait around for the fish to come to you. If you don't have almost instant action, something is wrong and you're not in the right spot. Um, so I would constantly be bouncing around until I find fish, mark fish, start seeing fish. Because, um, again, it, it does hold enough fish to where those, those possibilities exist there. All right, my friend, we are out of time, but... If you, um, I'm sure you have events coming up you want to tell us about, and how do people get a hold of you if they want to book a trip? Absolutely. You know, we have Tightline Outdoors on Facebook, are getting, getting, getting ready to launch our new website, tightlineoutdoors.com. Uh, we are hoping to do another update. We've had some more changes with ice addiction. Uh, you know, it's kind of the, the week-to-week basis with, with opportunities and certain events. Uh, so we'll have all that available on our Facebook page as well as our website. Uh, and as always, we always preach this. If, if you're looking for a great Christmas gift, uh, a gift card to go on a guided trip with, with Tightline Outdoors, it's a great experience, high education. Uh, we, we strongly promote that. You can get a hold of us through any of our resources. I'd uh, love to get you a gift card for Christmas. And then next week on the show, we're going to talk more about fishing shallow water, what presentations to use, uh, a lot more emphasis on color and things like that. So a lot of cool stuff coming up with the ice with uh, with ice fishing in general. So go to our sources or come back here next week to, to listen to it live. All right, my friend, we will talk to you again next week. You have a great rest of the day. Thank you. All right, Nate Zielinski, Nate Zielinski, always great. Just always a great resource. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear, sending people outdoors for 65 years. You're listening to 104.3 The Fan.
You're listening to Terry Wixom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go. Right, excuse me. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us is Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. You know, we'll probably talk some fishing before we're done, but let's change things up. I know you've been out. You might even be out hunting waterfall right now, but we need to get an update. It's been a tremendous waterfall season. What's going on? Yeah, well, we wrapped up our hunt a little early this morning, and I'm just uh, getting ready to pick up some decoys, but uh, it has been a really good year up in the northeast, especially for the geese. The geese came in um, early with the snowstorms we had in October, and they have just been phenomenal for the last, you know, month or so, as long as the season's open, depending on where you're at. And duck hunting, you know, the ducks have been a little hit or miss, Part of that's due to um, the weather we've had. A couple of these snowstorms have kind of frozen some stuff up and pushed some birds through. And we're really waiting for our next push at ducks, which is not a bad thing because, uh, you know, the northeast region closes on Monday for duck hunting. If you still want to duck hunt, you can go down to the southeast region uh, in the central flyway and do some duck hunting. But I think uh, it's going to be really good to have a little bit of a break here allow some new birds to come in and kind of refresh up. And and I think that uh, when it reopens December 19th, for ducks, it's going to be gangbusters. And for geese, the next, you know, two, three weeks, I, I expect it to continue to be fantastic. Well, and, you know, I, I would think that by December 19th, when ducks reopen, We'll have some of the water frozen, and that should concentrate some of the birds too, don't you think? I do. I think that it will really concentrate the birds on the sloughs and the rivers. And this split is a really good opportunity. If you don't know where you want to go hunt on the 19th, um, the state has a ton of property along the South Platte River, basically from brush to the state line. And it's a good time you can get out there, maybe do a little pheasant hunting, and walk the river and kind of take a look and see where there are good spots to set up for ducks and maybe where some ducks are using it. So when you when it reopens on the 19th, you know, you're going to make the most of that opportunity. Now, just be careful because there are just a couple days between now and the 19th that those river bottoms are closed for deer season. So check the regs. But otherwise, you know, there's pheasant opportunities right down there along the river bottom. And it's good to go out there, kind of walk around, get a little exercise, and maybe do a little scouting, too. Now, on the goose side, I know you guide, and people can book trips with you for goose and duck. We'll talk about that in a minute. But on the goose, I assume you're hunting those geese in farmer fields. Are you hunting private, public land? What's going on with the geese a little more? You know, most people in Colorado goose hunt, you know, private farm fields that they either have permission or have leased. But um, there are opportunities between walk-in access properties that are fields that allow for some waterfowl hunting. And then also when the weather gets bad, the geese really start moving to the river bottom. So there are really good opportunities if you capitalize on those fronts and snowstorms you know, when the birds don't want to be out on those big reservoirs, that you can really have some gangbuster goose hunts on the river on the public grounds. 
Now, with a lot of people, a lot of people have returned to the outdoors or going outdoors more than they ever have before or for the first time with COVID. And we're seeing more people hunting and fishing. So I've always been adamant that if you want to get into hunting, shotgun sports can be one of the best and you know less expensive ways to get into hunting. Obviously, upland game, all you need is a shotgun and some time to walk the fields. Doesn't mean that that'll guarantee you success, but you can get into it. If I'm new to hunting and I want to get out and try to get some geese or even some ducks when it reopens, how much money do I have to spend or what can I do to kind of ease my way into it? You know, a lot of the people who are, you know, looking at getting into waterfowl hunting already are anglers and already have waders. So because most of your hunting's taking place around water, you're going to need some sort of a, a hip wader or chest wader, but your fishing waders work just fine. Um, just make sure you put enough socks on to keep your feet warm. And then some sort of a, a camouflage top coat because you're trying to bring the birds into you. So you need to have something that you can conceal. And it doesn't have to be one of the high-dollar hunting coats out there. You could put your, the coat that you wear to go hiking or to go skiing and just get a little bit bigger camouflage coat that fits over top of it. And that works just fine. If you're going to try decoy hunting, you know, um, you can get by duck hunting with a dozen, 18 decoys to start. And if you look on some of the places like uh, Craigslist or, or Facebook Marketplace, there's a lot of people selling used decoys for a pretty reasonable amount. And if you want to go nicer, you know, we've got a lot of great sporting goods stores along the front range that have decoys that you can pick up new stuff. But the nice thing about duck hunting is you don't have to go with those really big spreads. And if you're not sure if you want to really get into it, one of the best ways to kind of dabble your feet into it is to go out and book a hunt um, with a guide. You can learn a lot. You know, tell them, hey, I'm new to this. I want to learn about it. Make sure you let the guide know that you're wanting to learn. You're not just there for the hunting portion of it. They're going to be happy to help you out and say, hey, you know, here's why we're setting up the decoys this way, you know, and, and the wind may change and, and they go, well, we're going to change our decoys because of this reason. And here's the areas to be in and, and a little bit about calling. And that's, that's kind of a real good way for people to, you know, maybe go out a few times, learn some information so that when you go out on your own, you're not just going out blind. You have a little bit of that basic foundation information to say, oh, you know, I remember what the guide said, and, and this is a good spot to set up for this reason. Or, you know, man, this looks good, but there's no place to hide. We have to have a place to hide. So let's go try a, a little bit different area. So you can get into waterfowl hunting for, you know, a couple hundred bucks and and just to start. And, you know, guide trips are running anywhere from about uh, – 250 to, to 300 maybe 350 a gun for a day and i think if you just want to try it out it's definitely it's it's a worthwhile investment and it will shorten your learning curve for sure you know i've always been a huge proponent of whether it's hunting or fishing of any kind that you need a mentor if you don't have somebody that hunts already that's a friend or a relative that a guide trip is unbelievably educational and especially if you're learning new areas or new aspects of the outdoors. Um, 
there is some jump shooting opportunities. Are those mostly early in the season? I mean, where you can just walk some areas and jump shoot some ducks where all you need is your shotgun? Or are those pretty much going to be done for the year, or will we see some of those later in the year? You know, there still are jump shooting opportunities along the river bottom. Um, what I would tell you is if you are going to go jump shooting, it's probably better to go more a little bit middle of the day because the birds have found where they want to sit and they're going to be more comfortable um, and they're going to stay in that area. And you, the secret to kind of jump shooting the river or a slough is to have a good set of binoculars to where you can just kind of barely poke your head out and use the binoculars and see, are there any birds, you know, up or downstream of me or not? And if there are, then try to find some sort of a, a landmark, whether it's a certain tree or a certain bend in the river, to where you can kind of plan your approach to jump shoot them. But um, like I say, I, I would target that middle of the day. It doesn't disrupt the people that are decoy hunting. And to be honest, I think you have better success middle of the day jump shooting than you do real early in the morning. Because sometimes when those birds are getting up early in the morning, the, the horizon is kind of still dark and all the trees are real dark and you have a tough time picking those birds out to get good shots. So um, the duck hunting along the river is probably the best spot if you're going to look to do the jump shooting stuff uh, come the second split. Real quick, I want to change up on you here. Have you heard anything open water or ice fishing? You know, um, I was thinking about that. We talked earlier in the week, Terry, and um, there's something I want to tell everyone about ice fishing coming up. I've been talking to a lot of manufacturers, and people saw it this summer that, you know, there's a big rush on fishing equipment, and people were having a tough time getting stuff middle of the summer. And I'm hearing some rumblings that that could happen again for this ice season. So in the next week to 10 days, a lot of places are going to have some phenomenal sales on ice fishing gear. So even though there may not be ice here along the front range, it may be time to go through your gear, get it ready, and figure out what else you need, and go pick that stuff up now because in January, your selection may be a little bit more limited. And if you have a special, a favorite lure you want to use, I would say, you know, look for the sales and go out and get that now. Um, as far as open water fishing, I do know that the, as we've talked, you know, a lot of recently, the state is putting a lot of catchable trout in. And people in St. Rain and Boyd and Lon Hagler up on the north part of the, the northern front range are all getting into a lot of stalker trout. So if you want to get out, um, stalker trout is going to be one of your best opportunities. And if you want to get out on your boat, you know, you have through Monday. So, you know, this is your last chance to get out unless you want to travel all the way down to Pueblo. All right, my friend, if somebody wanted to book a trip with you or more information, how would they find you? The best way to find me is either on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors, or you can give me a call or shoot me a text message at 303-829-3998. All right. We will talk to you again soon, and looking forward to you and I getting on the ice together. I'm looking forward to that too, Terry. All right. Thanks, Brad. Brad Peterson from Brad Peterson Outdoors. Always a great resource. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. 
to the limit by the Eagles, one of my favorites. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Um, looking for a Christmas gift for that outdoor enthusiast. They might be able to help you out. Let's go right to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Clays, one of our favorite contributors, J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. Hey, good morning, Terry. You know, a lot of uh, it's no secret that firearms are going out the door that everybody that sells firearms they're going out of the door faster than they can get them in stock so there's a lot of people out there that have new guns of, of every type of variety and i've always been a huge believer that first of all you have to understand and learn safety concepts and learn your firearm but familiarity with your firearm shooting it understanding the manual of arms is one of the biggest safety features you have because you're not thinking about different things and making a mistake. So out at Colorado Clays, which shooting disciplines can you accommodate? Well, here, Terry, and I've told you this many different times, you know, Colorado Clays being Colorado's premier public shooting facility, we feature the very finest um, opportunities in all of those, whether it's rifle, pistol, trap, skeet, wobble trap, sporting clays, shotgun patterning, and really training in all disciplines of shooting firearms and markmanship. So, Terry, we're open year-round. We're a public facility, so no reservation or memberships are required. We're handicap accessible. Um, And, you know, Terry, we just welcome everyone to come enjoy our state-of-the-art facility, Uh, come in, do a very simple check-in process, and there's really no better place than Colorado Clays for all your shooting needs. Now, we talk over the course of the year about all the different hunting aspects. We talk about sighting in big game rifles. We talk about um, upland game and waterfall and the different types of setups you have to prepare you for that and getting people ready because we have so many new shooters and so many new hunters. What happens if, as I get into these things, I want to all of a sudden take it to the next notch? You know, I'm out there shooting with my my buddy and we're putting a bet on it like you and i do with fish when i take your money um <laughs> but, okay. but, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what if you want to step into that next gear and maybe uh, is there formats for competitive shooting well terry and you know i'm you you bring up a really good point and we don't often talk about all of the competitive possibilities at colorado clay's and, you know, Terry, it really doesn't matter if you are competing in a tournament here at the range or preparing for one somewhere else, uh, participating in one of our corporate or fundraising events with, you know, competition involved, uh, or even just enjoying friendly competition with your friends and family, or possibly if you're just an individual uh, coming out and trying to do better the next time than you did the last time. Um, Colorado Clays is the perfect place for all levels to work on their marksmanship skills. So, for example, uh, our rifle pistol range. So um, our pistol range has that target return system, so you can shoot all ranges from 5 to 25 yards. Uh, Our competitive shooters love that because when they are doing particular um, competitions, certain ranges are specific, and we have all of those available with that system. You know, a lot of law enforcement come out here to qualify um, or practice to qualify for the shooting part of their jobs. And, of course, you know, our public, Terry, uh, everybody comes out here. Everybody has their skill level, 
But as your level increases and your skills increase, you can use our return system to increase the distance on the targets. And, of course, everybody has that friendly um, competitive aspect like we do on the boat, of course. Now, the rifle, um, competitive shooters love Colorado Clays, and it's because of that video viewing system we have, which means you can dial in your gun in real time with no spotting equipment required. So it is the perfect place to take and just put a gun on the money with, with that target on or the camera on your target and the monitor in your bay. Uh, you can do that by simply lifting your head and seeing where you're hitting. So they love that. And, of course, it is the perfect hunting and recreational sight-in um, tool as well. Now, if you are a trap shooter, a member of the ATA, uh, all of Colorado Clay's traps throw regulation targets. So our place is the perfect practice for 16 to 25-yard targets. We have the voice release system like all of the high-end ranges do. And one other one, Terry, and this is really a big deal here, is the Colorado Clays Wednesday Night Trap League. And this is a friendly and competitive evening. Uh, we divide all of our squads into four classes, so each squad of five people is competing with folks with similar skill levels. And this is one of the funnest times you can have shooting trap. Now, if you're a skeet shooter, uh, possibly an NSA member, uh, our skeet fields, again, throw certified targets for NSSA. So it's the perfect practice for competitive skeet shooters, as well as a lot of the Olympic shooters come out here to enjoy our fields as well. And don't forget, we always have that wobble trap down there. And a lot of us, I'll tell you, my son came out getting ready for a pheasant hunt with his buddies, and he wanted to be ahead of the game. Uh, We went down on the wobble trap and had a great time. Uh, one thing I will say, a lot of these uh, locals form their own little leagues and just use Colorado Clays as a place to do it. So it's not even formal. There's a couple of families and friends that do their own leagues, so lots of fun there. And then, of course, Terry, our Sporting Clays course, uh, we have many NSCA tournaments at our range each year throwing those registered targets. And, you know, Colorado Clays is recognized as a club in good standing with the National Sporting Clays Association, and we really pride ourselves as having one of the most beautiful courses around. Um, Also, every weekend, uh, friends, family, associates come out and can meet amongst each other on our Sporting Clays course and have a great time. Everybody gets a scorecard when you leave the clubhouse. And whether you use it or not is up to you, but most of them do, and uh, a lot of trash talking, just like us on the boat. There's no trash talking, just exchange of facts when we're on the boat. Yeah, perspective. <laughs> yeah. Hey, seriously, though, um, you kept mentioning the organizations for clay shooting and all that. If I'm a new shotgun shooter, I've just taken it up and I've come out and shot, can you help me find out about those organizations and point me in the direction to, to join or find out more about them? Oh, of course, uh, Terry. Colorado Clays, uh, we're glad to help anybody at any level uh, move to whatever point they want to be in their shooting career. So all of the information you need is available right here at Colorado Clays. And any information we don't have or we don't do, we will direct you to the right um, website, person, whatever it may be, uh, and get you on your pursuit and uh, we're always glad to help everyone with that. Last thing, we've got Christmas coming. It's going to be on us quicker than we think. A lot of people are hesitant to go out to the malls because of COVID and contact. 
Um, I know we've talked about this in the past. What do you have available at Colorado Clays maybe for the shooting enthusiast in my family as a Christmas gift? Well, and here's the thing, uh, Terry, and we've talked about this over the years many times, the best gift and one of the very unique ones is a gift card from Colorado Clays. And the reason is this thing can be used for anything at Colorado Clays, and it doesn't matter if it's time on a range or targets uh, on any of our ranges, courses, or fields. Uh, merchandise in our clubhouse, we have clothing, we have jewelry, we have accessories, and, and much more. It can be used for any of that, and even instruction. So we're talking about um, you know, competitive or moving on. You can get instruction for rifle, pistol, shotgun, hunting preparation, uh, gun setup, and more in the form of a gift card as well. And the beauty of Colorado Clays is we really have several options. So first, of course, anybody can come out, take a look at the place, um, decide you know how much they want to spend, what they want to spend it on, buy the gift card right there at the counter, have it in hand, ready to go. Next, a person can call in to Colorado Clays, um, tell us how much you want the card for, and we can mail it to you. Or one of the really popular options is, of course, calling out and having us email the gift card. And in these times, uh, that seems to be the most preferred method. Uh, highly recommend anybody wanting to do that. Uh, do it sooner than later because you know how things get busy as the holidays progress. So uh, I would encourage everyone to get that outdoorsman and their family a gift card from Colorado Clays. All right, my friend. The last thing I want to talk to you about is I am devising a plan to get you on the ice. I know you're an avid angler, but you don't ice fish. So we're going to try to make that happen this winter. You know, I'm looking forward to it, Terry. Um, get the competition going. I'm ready. There's a lack of enthusiasm in your voice when I talk, when you talk ice fishing, though. I notice that. <laughs> I know. I have to be because I'm a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. You have a great rest of the weekend, JR. Thank you, Terry. You bet. We're going to take a quick time out, and then I'm going to come back, and I've got a few ice fishing tips I want to share with you. And if uh, if Dan Jacobs ends up in the studio, i got some things I want to run by him about the Broncos. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. A couple things I want to wrap up about what we covered today. We're talking a lot of ice fishing. We will continue. It's the hot topic going in right now, but we'll always cover other aspects of the outdoors. Um, My YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, has a lot of ice fishing video on it. And it's been filmed all over North America, but I would say over half of that ice fishing video was filmed right here in Colorado or Wyoming or close by. And there's a lot of techniques and places and things to do that can really help you. Like one on North Michigan will teach you about safe ice, but it also shows you reading electronics. Um, There's one out at Dowdy Reservoir where I show you how I take a GPS from a reading from my boat earlier, use that through the ice to find a specific spot. Just, just catch a bunch of trout. We we just take you around the area and we do a lot of, we go up to Granby and catch lake trout with Bernie and the folks from the Sun Power Sports. So there's a lot on my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. Watching that will get you into the mood and kind of get you a, a, a starting point, a baseline so you can ice fish. We covered a lot of, you know, we've covered augers in the last few weeks. We've covered a lot of 
things like uh, different jigs and spoons. I want to spend, maybe not so much today, but in the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about ice fishing rods and line, specifically the rod. One of the keys, the biggest mistakes I think people make with ice fishing rods is they, they, they buy these real thick ice fishing rods that don't have good sensitivity, but they also don't protect your line. When you're ice fishing, you only have a much shorter rod, and if you get a good-sized fish that hits and runs, that rod has to give, depending on the weight test break point line you have on there, to protect that line from the initial rush before your drag takes over. That's something I want to get a little more in-depth on, but if you have questions on it, there's a lot of great retailers can help you with that. Also, line. There's so many choices in fishing line right now. Um, you probably can get by with just monofilament if it's good, fresh monofilament. But there's other choices, and we'll have different experts come on, and myself. We'll cover a lot of what's going on with that uh, without ice fishing line and how to approach it and what types of line I use for ice fishing. You'll hear ice fishermen say, I use one or two pound test. You'll have another one saying, I use 10 or 12 pound test. We'll kind of cut through the mystery of the next few few weeks. Also, a lot of this information is going to go up on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're going to put condition reports up there. We're going to put links to many of the podcasts of what we cover on the show. We're going to uh, preview upcoming guests and topics there. And we put links to our uh, different videos on our YouTube channel. So it's always pays to follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And we may even start a trivia where the answers tend to end up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, so win some nice prizes. So follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Now, Mr. Dan Jacobs, are you in the studio? Hey, by the way, I like the way you put that. You said we're going to have uh, lots of experts on there and myself. Like, uh, we're going to have the experts, plus we'll have Terry. You know, because, yeah, well, you know, you're no expert, right? Yeah, some of us are humble. Hey, by the way, know, by the way. Which is something... I've never accused you of. Well, you know, what's funny is uh, I was listening to uh, John Davis and Nate Jackson. They were filling in for Afternoon Drive yesterday. They have this conversation about the Eagles, and they're totally they're like, uh, do you like the Eagles? And Nate's like, no. The Eagles, nah, it's just the Eagles aren't cool. They're just kind of, you know, they're totally like, they do like two minutes smashing on the Eagles. I thought, oh, Terry's rolling over and, uh, you know, he, I was I was actually I was actually listening. I almost called. Yeah. Then I remember I rem, I reminded myself of the limited scope of life that those two have and their limited experience especially in music that I just forgave them is this you know you got to sometimes allow people their their challenges and move on if you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. By the way, the I, guy uh, I I was tuning in, I didn't catch his name. Uh, but it was like straight out of central casting, a guy from Minnesota you had on earlier. Man, the accent. He's like, oh, we did some ice fishing. Yo, yeah. Straight out of uh, Minnesota. Hey, trust me, I lived up there for many years. I hear myself reverting back more than once. Hey, I got two things, though, I got to bring up to you on the Broncos game. And I'll make both points. And then if we have time, you can kind of at least give me some. Number one, I keep hearing how great the defense was last week. And the pass rush kept getting to him. But if you watch the game, the pass rush was getting to that rookie because he held the ball. And they were able to confuse him. I'll give you Grant. They were able to confuse him with the protection schemes and their and their and uh, how they were setting up in either zone or man. As soon as Fitzpatrick came in, the rush never got to anybody anymore because he recognized 
He recognized the protection. He recognized the coverage and got rid of the ball, and they never got close to him. Now, fortunately, he's known to throw at least a couple interceptions a game, and he was true to form and did that. But the defense kind of folded once a quarterback that could read protections and coverage got in there, and they didn't look nearly as good. The other thing is we're talking how great the run game is, and I think that was a great game plan for Miami. Very small in their front seven. So you pull a guard and a tackle around, you're, you're blocking 190-pound guys or 230-pound guys, uh, or even their defensive linemen aren't that big. Is that going to work against New Orleans? Well, I actually agree with you on a lot of those points, Terry. Uh, you know, there's no question if, if the Dolphins were trying, you know, if they'd started Fitzpatrick, there would have been a different outcome. They, they're trying to start their rookie quarterback and protect him. He did hold on to the ball too long. Um it was nice. The defense played very well. They get credit for it, and they won the football game. They were giving up 30-plus points of games for the four previous games. The defense has been terrible on mass all season long. They got a win against a bad football team. It's going to be a different story tomorrow, unfortunately. The Broncos are a bad, bad football team, and they, you know, they, they might catch a break because Drew Brees is out. We'll see. I don't think it's that likely because the, the, the Saints are a very well-coached well put together football team um, that you know even though they don't have their quarterback are more likely than not to beat a bad football team in the Denver Broncos. The Broncos don't beat good football teams. That's who they are right now, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think I would love to see them be able to carry some things over. Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed watching what they did last week. I'm just not sure that it wasn't as much Miami as it was Denver, and now. We'll see. We have this head coach who is a defensive genius. Let's see what he can do with another, not rookie, but non-starting quarterback. Maybe genius. He can... Was he a defensive genius when he gave up 120 points in four weeks? Don't get me started. Don't get me started. All right, my friend. I tell you what, I'll let you prepare for the show. I'll close this one out, and I won't even take any time away from your show. All right, sir. Good talking to you. All right. All right, we're going to wrap up Terry Wixom Outdoors. Join us every Saturday from 9 to 11 right here on The Fan. I want to say thanks to Dylan for filling in on the board, who's doing admirable today, and Karen for, as always, keeping me straight and online. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and go visit our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. We will continue to cover all aspects of the outdoors on all aspects of our social media and this show but we're going to have a lot of focus on ice fishing next few weeks, and I know there's a lot of new people getting out there. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in sports with Dan Jacobs on 104.3 The Fan.